Whew, I'm already tired. <laughs> okay, um, but we are here today. I'm actually quite excited and I'm wondering what you're thinking. We're, t- we're here to talk about the first part of the second season of Rebels. And I think officially it's episodes one through eight. Did I remember correctly? Yep. Good. And yeah, so here we are getting right to it. We're all business, all business today. <laughs> How are you thinking, Chris? Like your initial thought, any better than season one so far? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely improved. The Good. thing is, though, that it's kind of difficult to separate it because I think overall the quality has gotten better, but it's always also difficult to think about it because you know part of it is definitely seeing a lot of familiar faces now and that might be just part of it so but i think just even if if i was able to separate it which i'm struggling to do but i think even without all of this the quality has definitely improved so i'm very glad about that and some things that have annoyed me in season one have taken like were benched basically or they're not not that important anymore ezra is still annoying but he's not center stage as often and we get a lot of new opponents which are very interesting it's and one thing that i definitely saw also that kind of was improved there are so many small subtle details that i really appreciate it's on a good trajectory I'm glad you say that because, you know, shows should improve from season to season, Mm. right? They try things out, they, things don't work and then they should improve. They're not going to get all the way there initially, but I I would definitely agree that the second season is already more interesting. There are still annoying things about it. You know, the weird, silly music in the background, obviously Ezra is still quite annoying, but they do flush out more of the other characters. Um, We have, you know, some episodes entirely dedicated to, essentially dedicate to Hera and Sabine and, you know, different things going on there. And there are, I mean, Hondo's actually back now, right? Oh my God. <laughs> I was, yeah. That was so funny when you misspoke and I, my brain immediately latched onto that. It was like, okay, this means, even though you tried, really tried, like you did a good effort of like trying to save it. Like, uh, I, I tried still... so hard. <laughs> yeah. I my, Like part of my brain was still very suspicious Honestly, I think it happened because I was looking at the next episodes, like planning what we're going to be watching. So I knew that that was coming. And in my head was like, and they're so similar. Hondo, Lando, like in my, uh, just like their personalities are different. And Hondo is still great. Lando is terrible um, or was terrible last season. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, but Hondo's actually back. And th- there's just more interesting things happening. Um, you mentioned the villains as well. I like Callus more and more as mm-hmm. we get into it. I think he's a really interesting villain. Because they got rid of the minister, which is... Thank you. <laughs> you cheered. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yes. And also the first couple episodes with Vader there. Holy shit. I know. Like, Visually, <laughs> just so impressive. I love... I'm. I, we're going to get to this, but like... When he lifts the walkers, like with the yeah. fire behind him, oh, chills down my spine. <laughs> so good. And then obviously, you know, the apprentice lives or whatever that that line. You're yeah. Just like, oh fuck. Okay, since you mentioned that, th- am I ro- am I right in assuming that Ahsoka sensed Anakin under that helmet, and that's what threw her off? I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure because I think because she fainted, right? Yeah. That might just be the uh, Sith aura or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I think it's great that they did it in such an ambivalent way or like ambiguous way. So yeah, it leaves a lot of room for speculation. That's a really interesting thought. Hmm. I wonder, honestly, if she felt and knew him Mm. or not. Vader immediately senses that it's Ahsoka, right? Yeah. Maybe because, yeah, the Sith aura that you're talking about, but also maybe because there, to a certain extent, he isn't Anakin Skywalker really anymore. Nope. So I think that maybe, but he has his knowledge, but maybe not his aura or his spirit anymore. Hmm. So maybe then he's able to mentally recognize her and she's not able to do the same. 
Yeah, that might be a good explanation. It's weird. It's weird with Vader. I mean, obviously the voice is different, and it's not the same. Yeah, but you know that's fine. But what I found really weird was that the mask is different too. It's kind of elongated, and I didn't like that at all. Oh, interesting. I don't notice these like subtle subtle differences in these things. I'm just like I I'm taking in the essence of Vader. So, I mean, any change is probably for the worse. Mm. Yeah, it so, really distracted me. Oh, interesting. It I didn't think about it all, at all. Yeah, like basically <laughs> the mouth part or whatever you'd call it is like way longer. Oh, interesting. I wonder if there's a reason for that. I didn't look that up mm. honestly, but there might be some sort of artistic yeah. reason. I mean, I mean Vader's uniform, if you want to call it that, does go through some significant changes uh throughout the original trilogy too so that would make sense that there are like they are it's just a work in progress basically yeah it's also the technology i'm sure in it is changing all the time of course yeah what did you think of the two two new inquisitors i like them more than the previous one Mm. i like that there's a rivalry between them a little bit um and but i'm not a huge fan of inquisitors in general they're essentially just a poor man's Vader. Yeah, that is kind of watering down the Sith. Yeah, to a certain extent, for sure. I wish they had more personalities. I mean, the Grand Inquisitor, who we saw last episode, or last season, had no personality, essentially. Except for, I want to kill you guys. So at least there is something here between these two people. Um, so there's that, I guess. I like the the female one. I think yeah. she's a more interesting. Uh, also, her little droid things are a nice touch addition mm-hmm. to it than uh, is the other one. But it was it would have been interesting, like to have a normal looking person be an inquisitor, not like like a a lizard, <laughs> like like a humanoid lizard, basically. Mm. So yeah, the, the guy actually. He was, for me, he reminded me of, like, a more subdued version of Billy Bob, in a way. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot more subdued. Yeah, a lot more subdued, but, like, in almost, like, character and also, like, looks a little bit Mm -hmm. in the way he behaves. Yeah, it's interesting. They seem like so, such nondescript species. They don't, Mm. they don't, I don't recognize them as species in the universe, right? Like, it would be really cool if there were Inquisitors that were just, like... I don't know. From Ryloth or Mon Calamari or yeah. like, <laughs> that would be amazing. A Mon Calamar yeah, Inquisitor. Exactly. That'd be funny. That'd be awesome. Like something like that where we can actually see it. Or even like if you wanted to go the trope, like the shark people or whatever. Like you yeah. just use use um species whose worlds we've already seen or we've seen history of in the past, right? Mm. Or like um uh from Dathomir, something like that. Maybe Dathomir not so much because we already have Ventress, but like that'd be so much more interesting than just like these people who we have no and know nothing about. Yeah, and I, uh, as you said, like I, I was a little bit confused about the hierarchy between the two of them because, um, of course, we are all we were all surprised that the female showed up because she wasn't there previously. Yeah. So for some reason, because we've only seen the other guy. I thought that he was in charge, but then it seemed more like she was in charge, but that was never clear either. Maybe they're not really, there's not like an established hierarchy and there's just a lot of bickering. Yeah, so the way I understand it was the the previous guy from the last season was the Grand Inquisitor. He was in charge of all the Inquisitors, basically. And these two people are two people parallel to one another looking to take the next step up and get promoted, basically. So they're bickering back and forth. I think it seems that she's more in charge. I think her personality is more like i don't want to say bossy but like she's more of a boss or like more of a leader naturally than the guy but maybe that's why you read into that but i think that there is like no clear hierarchy as you mentioned and they are vying for the ability to get promoted so i think that's where they really lie in in those two things obviously seeing a lot of familiar faces is uh a great thing and i was so happy to see rex again i was so happy to see hondo again um and or like also like the other clones of course but we've been talking about whether the star wars universe is like too small thinking about that 
question what did you think of all of these characters go- uh, like appearing again thinking about that question i think honestly it's still okay um i think largely because our main characters are not really connected to much i mean obviously hera is the daughter of chamsundula but we don't really have much of the other ones rex definitely makes sense because ahsoka is connected to rex and obviously that have some sort of connection she'd tell them to go find rex that kind of totally made sense to me hondo is a little bit more questionable just because (laughs) it's completely random yeah but but a big but (laughs) (laughs) yeah rashad likes big butts and he cannot lie Hondo's great. So yeah. the exception to the rule of Star Wars universe being too small is give me more Hondo Onaka yeah. all the time. We can definitely make an exception for him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually great because Hera gives this speech at some point. It was very impressive thinking about basically they had to retcon all of this for Bad Batch. And I, lo- I, just, lo- I just love that. Yeah, I wouldn't even say retcon, just like add just like to integrated, it. yeah, yeah. And it's the same so with good. with with the clones. When I was re- like, I was reminded at some point that this this season was created before Clone Wars, uh, season seven. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's just like very impressive too, and I uh, I love that as well. Yeah, and like uh, Rex mentions the Siege of Mandalore in this episode. Mm-hmm. So this whole time between season six and season seven of Clone Wars, you're waiting to see the Siege of Mandalore yeah. because it's been mentioned already explicitly. Yeah, the only thing that wasn't like 100% on point was that they like the clones were talking about the Empire like they had served in it for a little while and then just got kicked out, you know, as they as they switch to non-clone uh, stormtroopers. So that's kind of something that doesn't add up, but obviously in the grand scheme of things, that's something that you can just glance over. Well, I think it doesn't add up for Rex, but it does for Gregor, because we saw what happened to Gregor yeah. in Bad Batch Season 1. So that's exactly what happened to him. And Wolf, we haven't seen in Bad Batch. I wonder if we'll get Wolf's story in Bad Batch as well. Mm. Because we've seen Wolf is the one who shoots down uh, Plo Koon. Plo Koon. In episode three. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So Commander oh, Wolf because is the Wolf leader. leader sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. Um well I don't know if it's him in particular, but he's in the he's in the cockpit of one of the the fighters. So he sees yeah. Order 66 because he's the commander there. So uh I think for Rex in particular, he does hit that that line doesn't work, but for the other two and for the clones at large, it does. So I was I really liked Kanan in these episodes. He's definitely improved. All, or rather, like maybe not Kanan himself, but just the all the things that he has to grapple with. Not, not trusting clones, getting involved in the yeah. war, facing strong opponents that are just like... You can see the layers of his trauma that he experienced through Order 66 and the Clone Wars all bottled up in these first episodes and coming out. And it's like, as you said, his reluctance to join another war because he says, quote... I saw what happened one, uh, you know, as what happened with one war. I'm not ready to join another. His reluctance to trust clones, obviously, especially because they all have the same freaking face. Like you're looking into the face of the person who like shot everyone you love, basically. So mm. it's an incredible, um, you know, uh, depth to the character. Mm-hmm. And I think that in general, they've added depth to these characters in these episodes much more than in the past. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that also comes with the territory, right? This is season two, not season one. So the characters are kind of established, so they can build on that. Yeah. The only character that I really want more of is Zeb. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I feel like that's lacking. So much so. But I, that's actually something like the his best moment, I thought, was in, I think it was in episode two when they have the uh, discussion whether the uh, crew of the ghost is actually like staying with the rebellion or not and zap immediately says yes yeah he says it reminds me of the honor guard or whatever exactly i like that like he doesn't even hesitate 
yeah and if you think about it like he mentions that he's the last of his kind right mm. so like it was traumatic his ex- war experience i'm sure it was like he lost everyone yeah. as well and he has the exact opposite reaction that Kanan has yeah it'd be interesting right if because we don't really know what happens to Hera. She mentioned something about, you know, having to leave everything behind. But that would make also for a great dynamic within the crew. Like all of these people who lost everything. Like Ezra too, obviously. Sabine we know a little bit more about now. Um, you know, obviously like kind of being betrayed by her closest connection too. And that would obviously that's obviously a great story to tell like all these people who've lost everything who've been abandoned who've been really downtrodden and now they find their new place where they belong in in this crew and in, maybe in the rebellion at large and that's what this show is about exactly right? that's what these characters are about it wasn't evident in season 1 honestly because all you get is Ezra yeah. but in this season, you start to see they lay they pull back the layers of these characters and realize that this is the family that they've come to learn and become a part of, as opposed like, you know, in the response in response to losing everything. And everyone deals with that grief differently. And as you said, Zeb is ready to fight again. Kanan isn't. And that's okay because grief is a fickle thing. You yep. know? As Ted Lasso says, the ultimate guide of wisdom in our life. Divorce makes people do crazy things. <laughs> Grief makes us do crazy things. Yeah, so. yeah. I uh, I love how many times you've quoted Ted Lasso now. It's great. I mean, it's like he's almost he's like number two only to Yoda at this point. Probably yes. <laughs> in terms of quoting, oh for sure. Yeah. He he's gonna become number one at some point in my life. I'm sure. Wow, Ted Lasso eclipsing Yoda. That'd be an interesting, <laughs> like, an historical moment. We'll get there. We'll get there. I think it's a good half of a season or a third of a season um there's a couple things obviously that i still don't like one of the things that i didn't like is this dick measuring contacts between rex and kanan yeah i like that they're still focusing on the idea of being a soldier and not a jedi and the discrepancies between the two Mm. but because they did it so uh in this episode it immediately reminded me of all the conversations that were happening in the Clone Wars about similar stuff. And I felt it landed more in the Clone Wars than it landed now. Mm. Um, and the way that their rivalry sort of came about, I felt like it was a little bit more petty as opposed to ideological. So that's something, yeah. it's a very small thing that I maybe didn't like in these first few episodes that we were watching. Yeah, that's true. But I think. There are a lot of great moments with Rex too. I thought actually the uh, reunion with Ahsoka was a little underwhelming. Like it was a little cold almost. I feel yeah. like if you've gone through all of these, I mean, of course, like at this point again, uh, season seven hasn't really hasn't happened yet, so that's kind of a dissonance there. But if you disregard season seven of Clone Wars, then. No, it, it's not that bad, but now it, it it feels like what like you've gone through all of this and you haven't seen each other in like years and you see like and then you're there and you're giving each other like a weird semi hug. I wonder if that's Ahsoka's Jedi-ness, right? So that tends to happen with Jedi who detach themselves from things. Yeah, and maybe like Rex is still thinking about the hierarchy, right? Yeah, she's still his commander in a way, and it's kind of as well that Rex is calling uh, Kane and Commander in general and all of these things, or like the clones do anyway. <laughs> yeah, I great. always trust my general or whatever. It's yeah, um, and oh great. man, the the way he talks about his general, oh my Anakin, god, of course, that broke my heart. Every time he stay pseudo mention Anakin, it yeah. is so good. Honestly, honestly, the Anakin arc if you take out clone wars is kind is is like is it's good you know it's fine but then you put in clone wars and all this background you have for anakin skywalker anakin skywalker proper not vader and oh my god it every line just lands so hard and it's just so well it's so good ah i love it you see this in in these episodes so much that 
you know, it's all about the human connections between the people. And I think that's just a great through line. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, it was definitely great to watch. And I enjoyed it a lot more, really. Yeah. Um, and I think even, I think it's very interesting. I think it does slow down a little bit because the first four episodes, I think, are really good. Mm-hmm. And then it maybe it calms down just a tiny bit because I mean I guess then but they give us Hondo and then Hondo's great so <laughs> even in the episodes that don't particularly move the plot forward they serve some purpose either yeah. expanding a background like the Blood Sisters episode or or also like, the Wings one right yeah yeah or like Wings of a Master or giving us our you know our favorite galactic pirate Hondo Anaka yeah. or you know. Yeah, I guess those are the three that don't really move the plot forward. The others yeah. at least introduce a new villain or Rex and whatever. And, you know, obviously the first two episodes are central to the plot. So it, it's a good balance they're striking. You have less of the completely useless episodes like you yeah. did in season one. And that's kind of the golden rule of narration, right? It's either you're moving the plot forward or you get a new insight into a character. So yeah, maybe we should talk about the uh, the members of the uh, ghosts and what their individual journeys are through all of these episodes. Sure, yeah, we can do it. I mean, I don't know if Zeb has much of a journey, but maybe yeah. you can. <laughs> you found something that I didn't. Not really. I think again, what I mentioned previously, he has his best moment in that discussion. And he's very much in favor of staying with the rebellion. And I like that a lot. Um, that definitely shows us something about his character that we've not really seen before because he's usually just like comic relief, like in the, uh, what is it, episode three or episode four when they hunt the giant thing? I think it's episode three. And he's the bait. Um, ah, yeah. Like, that's literally the only thing that happens with him that is of note in any way. And even that is stretching it a little bit. Yeah, that's about it. He's just in the background sometimes. That's yeah. and Or not even appearing in some episodes. So, sorry, Zeb. This, maybe you'll get more, but for now, this is not for you. Sorry. No. Um, Ezra's interesting because, as you said, he's not as center stage in these episodes. He's in every episode, I believe. Um, I think so, yeah. As he is, because he is, I guess, technically the main character, I guess. Um, As much as Ahsoka is the main character of the Clone Wars. I think he's a little bit less annoying. Um, They removed his pseudo-sexual tension with Sabine. Wasn't there one annoying thing? There was an annoying conversation they had on the way to the platform in episode 8. Um, when he's talking about you liking to be alone, I found that a little bit weird. Um, but I, d- it wasn't like sexual in a way, or like, or like him trying to hit on her. It was more him commenting annoyingly, but commenting on her personality. Yeah. So I think that was it. so they have benched that dynamic between the two of them, which is definitely good. More of that, please, or less of that, please. Um, I like his relationship with Rex in particular, Rex is just a great mentor and a person mm-hmm. who can be a good leader for others. And as he aged, as he aged, he just becomes more of this, like not yeah, obviously an old man. <laughs> Cause that's what aging yeah. is looking but, very good with the beard, by the way. Yeah. He looks great. Yeah. Honestly, he, I think he's just a good mentor for, um, Ezra. Ezra, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love as well that uh, as soon as he joins them, he's basically has a seat in the council of the rebellion. Yeah, of course, because he is, he's Rex. He's motherfucking Rex. Yeah, Ezra, I don't know, like episode six, where they basically, you know, they to- they try to toy a little bit with the uh, will he, won't he, like will he join Hondo? That was never in any way realistic for me like i there was never a point where i thought okay he might join him uh that was a little bit contrived but i like that still like the idea of it that he imagines okay i could also just leave these people but it's again one of these petulant teenager things because he doesn't want to do his chores basically yeah that's the the setup for that episode isn't great but i like the the result of it or the consequence of it 
Mm. And one of the interesting things about this show expanding off of Lothal is that Ezra is able to find mentors other than Kanan out there and actually good mentors. People, I mean, ironically, like Hondo or like Rex, who are people who see things in him and can teach him lessons or guide guide him in a different way. And it becomes less insular and less annoying because Kanan is just not a good mentor. And he just, uh, it's not fun. I was kind of hoping for more of an Ahsoka Ezra thing. But, maybe, you know, we've seen it in The Mandalorian. Ahsoka doesn't want to train anyone. So maybe that's already here. The only thing that actually between the two of them basically happens is when uh, in episode one, we, they have the d- group discussion and uh, wh- whether they should trust the minister. And they're all discussing. And as soon as Ezra steps forward towards the hologram, Ahsoka sees that and smiles. That was very, very subtle. And I really liked it mm. because that's obviously like approval of what he's doing and taking the charge, not disregarding that he's just a fucking child. And there are a lot of grown up people in there that should actually call the shots. Like if you can suspend that disbelief, <laughs> like that's actually a great scene. I couldn't entirely suspend my disbelief. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, it's just very interesting, their relationship. And I wonder what Ahsoka's thinking with regards to Ezra and why she hasn't taken a more active role. Maybe because Kanan has already, quote-unquote, become his master. Yeah. And although it seems... I don't know how Ahsoka compares to Kanan in terms of their abilities with a lightsaber. Mm. Um, I mean, I assume because they've they've already said that you know Kanan never became a master, right? I mean, yeah. neither did Ahsoka, but we don't know. I'm. I think I would assume she's better than Kanan with a lightsaber yeah. and more powerful, just because she was a boss in like originally in the Clone Wars. So I would imagine that would stay the same. But yeah, so it's a very interesting thing. I think that's why she hasn't intervened and tried to train him more directly. So. That would be the reason why it would make sense because he already has his quote-unquote master and you don't really change masters in the Jedi Order. I mean, they're not in the Jedi Order, but for sure. Yeah, true. But amongst the Jedi. They're living in the in the wake of the Jedi Order. Yeah. Also, she has bigger and better things to do, honestly. Yeah, like, sure. She's running, not running, but she's like a big part of the whole thing, right? So. Mm. Yeah, but she does behave kind of reckless. Like the, the only reason basically she joins them in the... Uh, in the attack against Vader, when when he attacks them and basically defeats an entire squad of pilots in episode two, and Ahsoka comes along in the ghost, right? That yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. there so she can basically faint. Yep. That's the entire reason for it. And also make us aware that Vader is aware that she's yeah, exactly. alive, right? Yeah. What's so interesting, though, I love that sequence of vader just kicking ass in the in the fighter yeah holy shit he's such a good pilot it is it is great but something that is kind of subtle too is that you can see that hera is just as good as he is because they are basically she is able to stop him in a way yeah and that's just great i love that especially you know thinking back to the bad batch and where she started and she was so so desperate to fly and now she's become this ace pilot in a grand it. tradition of ace pilots. Yeah, of course. And she's just the fucking best. I love her yeah. so much. And her speech about like dreaming to fly and mm-hmm. stuff on an episode, whatever the fuck that was, episode seven. Uh, I loved it. I mean, yeah. So ha- speaking of Hera, I guess her journey as like a leader within the rebellion and kind of pushing Kanan to be part of it more mm. and being this voice of, I don't want to say hope, but, um, you know, this this force that drags them into something greater than themselves uh, and keeping them true to their word is she's just such a great leader for this group, honestly. Yeah. it It's almost that everything that she says and does is just on point every time. And you can see that she inherited the great leadership from her parents. Yeah. She saw firsthand what it meant to be a good leader and 
what kind of difficulties that hap- that that comes with and she's just so, so successful at it already i love her <laughs> yeah and i really like that she uh gets a leadership role here being the uh leader of the phoenix uh squadron squad yeah um yeah i i like that i li- like the conflict between ken and her too like the the very like base discussion of it the one thing that i really hated was in episode seven that kanan volunteers hera for that mission yeah that's not good at all like neither like in a like you don't do that with to another (laughs) being but you also like again there's like some sort of gender dynamic in there that i don't like and just like what fair enough it's interesting that she wouldn't be the one to volunteer to do it honestly because that's something that seems up her alley yeah and for that like i get why like he would push her to do it because it's like Mm. a thing but you know yeah you can but you can do that in a way that is kind of not a dick move not icky yeah yeah for sure i think i said it last time that it's incredible that after ahsoka and omega we get ezra but i guess i can change that now to say actually it's hera that yeah. kind of is the uh heiress to these great uh people who kind of came came quote unquote before her yeah no it, it is hera is the great leader right it's not ezra ezra happens to be the jedi or the jedi padawan but yeah which is obviously a nice subversion of the uh, expectation right you have like kanan and ezra and you'd naturally think that okay they are like the people with the lightsabers so they're in charge but it's actually hera and i like that a lot yeah it's really good it sort of reminds me like it also subverts the the original trilogy trope to a certain extent it's like yeah while han is the pilot luke is the jedi luke is like the hopeful one and the one who mm-hmm. pushes things forward, and Han is the one who's the scoundrel-ish type of person. And in this case, it's sort of the reverse, where Hera is the one who's like inspiring and hopeful. Ezra is the the scoundrel. He's not hopeful, maybe, but he's he wants to fight anyway. I guess his journey has already happened in the way that like his journey is more in season one, where he goes from defending for himself to defending for others. Yeah, and he alludes to it in the episode with um, Hondo. Mm. but yeah i'm not sure this is interesting i don't know this is like my i my failed metaphor or whatever you think about it and it doesn't go through but <laughs> whatever i don't know if it's time if you think that we should talk a little bit about kanan because he as you said it has i think made the biggest change maybe mm-hmm. from season one to season two in terms of our not appreciation for him but our ability to like him <laughs> or his likability yeah, we definitely see more of him as a character. In terms of character growth, he definitely has the most in these episodes. Yeah, and it'll just he has to face a lot of quandaries mm-hmm. that we we talked a little bit about the beginning, right? His reluctance to join the larger rebellion is born out of his experience at the Clone Wars, specifically how it ended for him. His mistrust of the clones, Rex, Wolf, and Gregor is as a, res- a result of the same exact thing. Yeah, and and you can't blame him in these episodes, right? Yeah, you definitely understand where he's coming from. And I think, honestly, that's not something that they could have achieved in season one, the way they were writing that one. I feel like you could. that's one of the uh, most tangible signs that this uh, series has improved. Yeah, and one of the things that I really like is when him and Ezra come into contact with Vader as well yeah. and they fight him for a second and they're getting their asses handed to them. So good. Over and over again. Yeah. It and just... Kanan knows it and Ezra is more naive and like, no, let's like go more. And Kanan's like, no, he's way too strong. Yeah. I think because like Kanan knows what it's like to be around the presence of people who are true jedi masters yeah ezra has no concept of what that even looks like no he thinks just because he has some force powers and is wielding a lightsaber he's in- invincible basically and with 99 percent of people he meets he is relatively invincible like yeah. kanan is impeccably strong compared to most people but 
you throw someone like Darth Vader, you know, or Anakin Skywalker at his height, or Obi Wan, or like all these masters, actually, who can wield a lightsaber? Yeah. Fuck. I know. I know. That was a that was a very fierce battle, and I liked that. You can see that Vader is toying with them to an extent. And oh, entirely. They don't stand a chance at all. They're able to push him back for one second and, you know, yeah. crash the Imperial wa- the walkers onto him. And, oh, shit, you think it's good. Yeah. But holy fuck. Oh, it's so good. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a through line for me. Like, I'm just waiting for Kanan to die for some reason. And I thought, like, that might be it. But, like, what a way to start this season, you know? Have one of our main characters, like the like the more fully-fledged Jedi, uh, killed by Darth Vader. That would have been interesting. Ooh, I don't think any show has started a season with the death of a major character. Oh, I can think of one. Which one? How's the cards? Uh, second season. In uh, the very first episode. Which is the lady in front of the train, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Kanan, for some reason is the most interesting when he faces something that is very difficult. Like either it's an opponent that he is definitely not on par with, or he is in the minority of in his, in his crew, or there's some other for, like obstacle or thing like he feels threatened by. And I think that's very interesting. Yeah. I think it's good because otherwise he's just like bland. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause he's not, th- but his arc is related to the struggles that he faces and how he overcomes them. Mm. And he has lost everything and he doesn't wear it on his shoulders all the time. But when he does, it's really nice. And how he faces these things is really cool, I think. But I wonder what other, like, challenges will come to him, you know? Yeah, what are the things I appreciate (laughs) No, it's really interesting just to think about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like what are the different things that he is going to face as he, you know, takes the next step. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I know the big things that'll happen, but the small things here and there, those are stuff that you know you forget with time. And after consuming so much other Star Wars specific content, you're just like your head is spinning at a certain point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I really like the uh, little discussion at the uh, with Ezra uh, as well in episode two where like Ezra really wants to fight and Kanan just wants to leave and it's like you know the th- same thing happens with Hera later on but it's a totally different dynamic yeah it is because Kanan knows in this specific example they stand no chance yeah and any other second they're lucky to be alive essentially yeah exactly whereas with Hera later on it is basically more abstract whether they stay with the rebellion or not yeah and i really like that we get both of those and he knows that inevitably like staying with the rebellion fighting the empire means fighting people like vader and whatever else may lie behind the like the next curtain right for all he knows there is someone more powerful than vader waiting behind right yeah it's true especially because yeah because you know there's a Sith and there are always two. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder to what extent, you know, it matters that they are now publicly known. Like, he is known mm-hmm. to be a Jedi. Yeah. Even if he just went undercover or left the rebellion, he, like, he couldn't just disappear because people now know who he is. Well, I feel like if you go to a random-ass corner of the galaxy, change how you look, get rid of your lightsaber, like, you can do it essentially yeah it depends on how you want to get there though exactly so it'd be tough but mm. there are ways to get off the radar and especially in a huge galaxy like that just go to tatooine that's where everyone goes <laughs> and ends up right uh. god imagine kanan just chilling like on most on my saucy in like the cantina or whatever the fuck bumping into obi-wan yeah <laughs> it'd be fucking hilarious <laughs> i mean they they do mention obi-wan too do they? which got me very excited you know Vader talks about using Ahsoka to find other Jedi. Oh, yeah, he does say that. Yeah, that has me very excited. So maybe we'll see some other Jedi at some Uh, point. I never thought about that. That would be amazing. 
Wait, so what was the what the what did they say about that again? Remind me. Was it that they're going to use Ezra or Ahsoka? No, Ahsoka. Got it. Oh yeah, yeah. They have to capture Ahsoka to try and get, or maybe I don't know, use her to lead to other Jedi. Exactly, and I yeah. I forget who says it. Whether it's Vader or or, or uh, the Emperor, who who specifically mentions Obi Wan. I think it. it's Vader. I would assume just because he has like a stick up his butt for Obi Wan. <laughs> of course, right. how couldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look at him. It's all because yeah. of Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he screamed, "I hate you!" Even before that. Oh no, as it was happening, I guess. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> but Obi Wan did have the high ground. He did. Don't oh do it, Anakin. Don't so do bad. it. So There's not enough references to the high ground joke within the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so bad. You know what? I what I'm very excited. There is an episode that we will do at some point that has me very excited. The more uh, Star Wars I watch, and that is our eventual bracket of the best droids, because Chopper, man, Chopper Man, he is amazing. <laughs> MVP, he's so good. He's so funny, <laughs> and he's oh god, he's like I think they toned down his assholiness a yeah. little bit and just made him funnier in these yeah. episodes <laughs> he's great like he's sighing yeah and it's he's so laughing it's like yeah. saying things like uh-oh basically yeah he is so cute he's the way he does his arms and he like yeah. <laughs> it's so emotive <laughs> yeah when someone comes to challenge him or whatever and he's like fighting chopper yeah. and he like spins with his arms out and he's like fist pumped <laughs> yeah i loved especially like you just mentioned it but in episode eight when sabine is uh <laughs> talking to katsu um over the uh intercom or whatever or the hologram and sabine just sees chopper like damaging the entire ship and then <laughs> she, he pops up like hey, 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 hey. you He's can't so do anything so hilarious obviously, obviously there's no like character growth or whatever or backstory but now i'm at a point with chopper where i just think something hilarious is going to happen especially because as you mentioned they toned down his assholiness yeah he's so i love chopper so much yeah he's so good i I, I subtly like this idea that some people understand chopper and others don't yeah that was very interesting especially because ezra says he's more or less guessing sometimes yeah which is, okay, and this so, is communication barrier between them, which yeah. is an interesting dynamic that we hadn't really seen before. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, but it is kind of, you know, if you think about it, R2 spends a lot of time, like the people who really understand him are the people who really, uh, I guess that's not true, like because Yoda understands him. Yeah. So I guess R2 is just special that way. But Also, that could just be Yoda as well. So Yeah, it's true. Because he, can, he can communicate through the force. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Also, yeah. like Loki, this is a really bad name. Ketsu Anyo is a terrible oh, name. Yeah, terrible. Like also particularly because Ketsu means ass in Japanese. <laughs> it literally is the derogatory term for your like behind. Your, behind. Yeah, it is ass. Nice. <laughs> Just like, That's are perfect. you kidding me? Like, especially you know there are many languages in the world, so a collection of sounds is bound to be mean something bad in one language but japanese like like that's something that you should cross reference it's ubiquitous enough so that like you can't be naming a character after the word for ass in another language so and it's like every time she's like oh ketsu did this ketsu did that i'm just like i can't take this seriously (laughs) it's so difficult yeah especially because that's exactly where they were going for right they definitely on purpose chose a name that reminds you of japanese and it's just all the funnier because it is actually a japanese word so even like yeah, exactly too. Oh, so bad so funny <laughs> oh, i love God. that yeah what did you think about like i guess that's our way to go into sabine a little bit but what yeah. did you think of like episode eight specifically i i, I want more honestly of mm. sabine um I, it's really hard for me to get past this ketsu thing um i i like that you know she has this story of someone who betrayed her and someone she feels a connection towards 
it's not the one the stuff that I want from Sabine, honestly, um, mm. because I want Mandalorian stuff because she's <laughs> for Mandalore. I don't want this random bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, but I, oh, sorry. And on top of that, I'm not a huge fan of how fast they got over their quarrel. Oh, it yeah. was like instant, night and day. And this yeah. like happens so often in Star Wars where. Uh, there's like this, or maybe not Star Wars, but just media in general, where there's a quarrel that lasts forever, and then all of a mm. sudden it's over with, and they're best friends again. And I'm just yeah. like, uh, uh, but really, no. So, in essence, it, in short, I like that it's a Sabine-centered episode, and I want, I like having some background for her, mm. but it left much to be desired as an episode. On top of yeah. the fact that the the character's name is Ass. <laughs> But yeah. also Chopper is amazing. So Chopper, this is like a highlight for Chopper. This episode, honestly, they weren't very. They were. I felt like they were so preoccupied with inserting the the backstory that they didn't really think about the plot. So because it's just like it's such a re- thing that we've seen a million times. You know, when when Sabine says, "I guess we're friends again," I thought that that was a joke. Yeah, like one of these. I guess we ha- we'll have to work to get like we'll have to get get over our differences to work together. But then they're actually pals again, and I was like, what? That doesn't work like that at all. It's the same, like kind of the same with Ezra and Rex in the very beginning, because Ezra trusts them immediately, and the only reason I can think of is that because he has to for the narr- like for everything else to happen. Yeah, but it's not really there. Like it's not really there on the screen. Yeah, but okay. you know, I like I like that we now have like one-off episodes where we learn about the back- character's backstory. Uh, that's really cool i just hope they because episode seven wasn't that great either and so i just hope that the overall quality of those episodes is gonna be turned up a notch yeah that'd be really nice yeah but i mean i was i was complaining all the way through season one that i want more character development and backstory and that's what we got here so there's only so much we can complain about so can we talk about the elephant in the room that we haven't discussed yet? Please. My boy, Hondo Onaka. <laughs> like, oh. oh my God. He, he has fucking, changed though, hasn't he? A he little has bit. changed. He's older. He's yeah. older. But he still has his like amazing, funny lines that are just like, mm. l- every line of dialogue that he has is so good so good he's just like even from when he's uh when ezra introduces himself as lando calrissian he's like oh i've now get got to meet the semi-famous lando calrissian and you're just like it's like all these little subtle jabs is so good and he's like oh the stories i could tell you and i'm sure they're true or whatever yeah <laughs> it's uh, so i good. hated that the fact that as morgan is back he was oh. a fucking nightmare honestly yeah. um but that's the worst part of that episode but i just like i i love hondo's like you lied to me i knew i liked you (laughs) that was great and also again another mvp chopper episode where he's like double gut double wielding chopper (laughs) it was a laugh out loud moment i've never been afraid (laughs) oh i've never been that afraid yeah oh god uh it's also hondo saves ezra in this episode which surprised me Cause like he's gotten soft with uh, with the years, you know. I think that comes with age, though. You know, As I think older... that mostly comes with losing his crew. Yeah, also that. But yeah, it's reciprocal. They're they have this relationship immediately. It kind of comes. Uh, the spark is really close between them um, from both ends, and it's both it's reluctance and acceptance in a weird way too. So, I really enjoy their relationship. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, like the back and forth. That, that was almost the most I've liked Ezra so far, but it's all, mostly because of Hondo, right? Yeah, you pair Hondo with anyone and yeah, Chopper. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's just a great combo, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that they replaced a poor man's Hondo, Fizago, with actual Hondo. So. Yeah. It was funny that he still made an appearance, but he definitely didn't really add anything to it. Yeah, he's useless. I'm not a huge fan. But I like, I mean, I think Visago is your spirit character, though. His last line, I hate children. Like, yes, that's <laughs> yep. Chris. <laughs> yep, that's me in a nutshell. It's your only defining characteristic. It really is, especially <laughs> on this podcast. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow, it is true, especially because we watch a lot of stuff centered around children. I know. It's the worst. I mean, it is. But it's also great. I love it. There's so many good things about this stuff, too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have one note in my entire notes for these episodes about Lando, and it is, fuck Lando, exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I had I had, I have a very similar thing where my uh where my reaction was oh no it's Lando and then and below that is basically that's not the reaction that I want to have when I see Lando because yeah. it's kind of ruining the character for me. That's kind of sad, honestly. It's kind of the reverse of Clone Wars in the sense that Clone Wars made the prequels almost bearable and Re- Rebels kind of ruins Lando for me. Yeah, it's only really Lando. Yeah. I mean, I guess none of the other characters. Do we have any live action characters that appear in Rebels so far? Other than Vader, I guess. But Vader is not like a personality. <laughs> huh. I guess so far. No, I mean, I guess R2, but <laughs> that doesn't count. Um, no, I don't <laughs> think so, actually. I mean, I guess Ahsoka now, but. Yeah, but Ahsoka's largely. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So not really, no. That's a really interesting thing to think about, actually. When we think mm. of all, it's more referential all the characters. To the, yeah. yeah, all the references that we have and everything that we've connected to and all these things we talk about, all these characters that we love coming back, all those characters are from Clone Wars. Yeah. Or, or from Bad Batch, I guess, with Hera and Chopper. I mean, that makes sense, right? Because it is Dave Filoni. Yeah, so the Dave Filoni-verse. Yeah. is going to be, I think, connected to all these new live-action shows, which mm. makes me extremely excited. I know, right? So I wonder who we're going to get in the Ahsoka show. If you had to put your money on it, like who do you think we would get? Live-action Hera? You think so? Um, in the Ahsoka show? Because there's how many... There's Rex, and maybe he'll be dead by then. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, it depends on when it actually takes place. But I, I guess it's about the time of Mandalorian... So oh true yeah yeah, yeah. it's not, it's only it's not that late, long right yeah maybe, but maybe rex is too old to really make an appearance because he looks quite old already yeah mm, who else would be there omega oh, that'd be amazing mine depends what Hera? they're doing with Ezra? The, some some droid maybe yeah I guess by the chopper <laughs> <laughs> i'd love like a live action chopper i'd love that oh god yeah, but my I guess my money would be on like the lightsaber people. Yeah. Probably like the easiest. Oh, maybe not. Maybe it's going to be centered around her as the only lightsaber wielder, right? Like I wouldn't be surprised if Kanan and or Ezra show up, right? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. I uh, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in the next two and a half seasons, but kind of hope not. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about whether like any of the the characters that we've seen get show up here sabine maybe i don't know yeah that'd be nice like that's that would be like maybe in relation to bo-katan too you know yeah oh for sure interesting that mm. could be good because they definitely have that history there Mm-hmm. alas we're not here to speculate about future shows we are here to talk about the show in front of us right now be in the moment chris come on <sighs> May I remind you that you asked the question? I did. I'm sorry about that. Honestly, <laughs> okay. I found the Jupa slinging quite annoying. Like, hunting for Jupas. Ugh, I yeah. was like, uh, I don't know. That was like, this, like, like version. Mandalorian season two, episode one. Yeah, actually. Much. It really, yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good connection there. But even yeah. worse, because they like actually fed Zeb to it and then rescued him. I'm just yeah. like, come on. That's not how that shit works. No. Especially because it's underground for most of it. So yeah. it's not even like you get like, like you get great visuals or anything. Yeah, not, not I'm not a huge fan of that, honestly. No. But the thing is, I was distracted. Just I think that they did that because they know that they just introduced Rex and they can be like, they can do whatever they want, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I... I you asked me why Gregor has a funny voice in Bad Bad Batch. Yeah. And I feel like because they this voice makes sense for this version of Gregor because he's an yeah. old man. Uh-huh. But they use the same voice actor for the the younger version and it sounds weird, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it just sounds kind of out of place. But in Rebels, in this character, it actually sounds right. So yeah, I didn't even perk up or anything. I was like, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Yeah. I wish th- they had spent more time on on Wolf being a double agent. That was just like Sabine and, uh, sorry to say the name again, Ketsu. It, they just let it go immediately. And it was like, no, that's not how that works. Nobody, like if, you, if you're literally a double agent for the fucking evil empire, you're not just going to be forgiven like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and it's the same thing. Yeah, you're not going to be forgiven. I mean, Sabine forgived ass for her like crimes against her too fast. Yeah. And same thing with I understand. It's interesting because I wonder if I understand it more because Rex and Wolf have more of a history, and that is a single thing done out of fear, um, as opposed to maybe what ass did to Sabine. Mm. But obviously we don't know the context of their what happened and why she left her for dead even though she did leave her for dead. So it it could have been in a particular situation where it would have just been a safety issue or whatever. Yeah, I mean I I get I get that they're like they have such a strong connection because they've been through so much. And I'm sure Rex knows where Wolf is coming from. But it definitely felt like the uh, creative team didn't want to dwell too long on that. Like they were like, "Yeah, we're on a schedule here. Like we don't, we can't spend another two, three minutes on this, so we just gotta wrap it up." Honestly, I felt it was less that and more of them wanting to do like some fun hijinks with the Jupas, because I think it would have been much more interesting if they were sitting at dinner having this conversation and this information comes in and they get like revealed all at the same time and they they talk about it and I. I think it's more about space and they al- decide to allocate more towards the Jupa and excitement stuff. And that kind of, I, I'm disappointed as well. I'm not trying to say that I'm not disappointed. I understand though why Rex forgives him so fast because it is Rex, A, and because of their history. But I really wish that they had more fleshed it out, as you said, and gave that more of the space as opposed to the, we're going to go hunting for big underwater worms. Yeah, I mean, I guess what you're saying, there are some cracks in the armor for David Filoni. Because so even he is not perfect. So sad. I mean, yeah, of course, he's not even it's, perfect. No, I know. Uh, especially because, I mean, this has so obviously influenced that one episode of Mandalorian too. And it's like, okay, make the same mistake once, it's fine. But if you do it twice, it's like, uh, why? Yeah, I think that one in particular was more about they wanted to make a Western in an episode. So the whole thing was an homage to like a, a classic Western as opposed to, I don't think they're directly, yes, I guess the image of the beast is similar, but I wouldn't say that they are too connected. As with episode two of that season, uh, both of those, like they definitely wanted to do something like episode two is def- like an homage to Alien, but I feel like you can you can do that, but still accomplish something that moves the general plot forward, and they just didn't do that. So yeah, and it's it's different. Like so, we can, we're talking a little bit about Mandalorian season two right now, but the first season I think accomplishes a bit more than the second season in the sense it's also the first intro. This is a very common thing to do. You have their first episode of the season just be sort of like a back and dip dip back into the world kind of episode, and that is it makes sense. That makes sense. Episode two, I have more quarrels with because it is completely unnecessary yeah i think my biggest problem with that episode in particular is that it's an hour long it's the longest mandalorian episode and it's like why yeah that's fair enough fair enough fair enough you know have it be 40 minutes it's fine yeah well we are again not here to talk about another show nope. <laughs> we're here nope. to talk about the show that's in front of us and i don't honestly have that much to add at this point um i i'm just generally happy Mm -hmm. with these episodes and it's you know nothing's perfect it has a lot to work on of course but it is a journey that is still interesting and fun to fun to go through and less you you, i find myself less and less being like uh eye rolly like in the first Mm. season and i find myself more like oh interesting and fun yeah, so. now that it's kind of 
connected to the larger extent of the rebellion. I'm just curious what happens to them, especially because of Hera's position now. I wonder maybe the crew will maybe not disband, but they will go on like different missions and that would be interesting. I would really love to see that. Yeah, and this the scope of the show has increased tremendously with the end of season one, and that's for the better. Yeah, and I'm actually really excited to see what, you know, the opponents are going to do. We have all of these characters now. We have Kalos, we have Tarkin, we have Vader, we have the Inquisitors. That's great. And uh, that's a whole host of uh, of opponents, and I like that a lot. So tune in next time as we discuss episodes 9 through 15 of season 2 of Rebels. So Rashad, if people like to hear us talk about Star Wars and about Hamas and about all of the different things that we are talking about, how can they let us know? Read and review us on Apple Podcasts. I almost said iTunes again. I don't know why in my head it's always iTunes. but Because it used rate, to be. I know, right? Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. I think you can rate on Spotify. Please yeah. rate us on Spotify so we can know if you can rate people on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can always uh, get in touch with us. And for that, you can go to our website with the URL. com. Damn right. And there is a contact form and all... Uh, and many great other things like amazing art and great copy and yeah please read the great copy is basically what i'm saying are you good though by the way like you sound like very low engine energy. yeah i'm just like, all of a sudden i'm just like <laughs> uh... <laughs> and you can't help but blame him in these episodes what you can't no sorry you can't blame him is yeah. what i was trying to say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry can you hear my background noise no i hear nothing okay yeah i just hear you oh interesting yeah because there's like somebody cutting wood outside of my window so <laughs> wait what someone climbed to the second floor of the building just no, to... no, no, no. I mean, it's across the street, but it's still very loud. Ah, uh, okay.